Due to technical difficulties, I'm recording this on my phone rather than on my computer because I'm editing this episode from a laptop, but that shouldn't stop you from heading on over to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv and helping us out a little bit. Um, in fact, I don't know why it would influence your decision one way or another. Uh, so just letting you know, because I'm self-conscious about how crummy this part sounds. So again, that is www.patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. My name is CJ. My name is Paddy. And you're listening to a Bonfireside Chat appendix. It is a Hunter's Favorite Appendix. Yes, and we are reading your responses to uh, the old second half of Central Yarnum. And as you heard, we are joined once again by the Twin Humanities, CJ and Paddy. Thanks so much for sticking around, guys. No, good as gold. Cheers. Yeah, happy to be here. Um, half past midnight it's good yes <laughs> i think yeah there's yeah time zones um yeah so yeah uh the you know so as you guys probably heard last episode um cj and patty were gracious enough to uh to join us but now we want to hear what you have to to say um first we have a little bit of follow-up however um and i will go ahead and get us started here with illusory wall mm-hmm. uh, our friend and yours and he says hi guys Regarding the closed door, uh, Gary is correct that the mystery in question related to whether or not the door was simply a shortcut between the Cathedral Ward and the Cleric Beast Bridge. YouTuber and Bloodborne Guide contributor, a German spy, explained that it was just an unused shortcut, though I had seen some doubt regarding how the geography lined up, and speculation that the closed door could have led to a secret area or a future DLC. The demonstration I did with the Shining Coins video was meant to confirm that the unopenable door could not possibly lead anywhere new. However, I didn't actually try anything special to open it. I figured it was impossible since I'd never heard of anyone else having success. So having high insight is something I hadn't heard before. But I fired up the game last night, and with 99 insight, it did not work, unfortunately. And there is a link. Um, according to Eurogamer, they spoke with somebody close to the project, and they said it was used in an uh, used to open in an earlier build of the game, so it strongly appears to have been removed as a viable shortcut and is probably completely unopenable now. Now with that cleared up, can we move on to more pressing matters? Like, is there a way to get out of the dungeon without using the wizard's key? Uh, the, uh, yeah, this is a reference um, on Facebook. Somebody, or no, that happened with our, our, it was in the responses. Yes, it was in the previous appendix. Yes, yeah. Somebody said, um, no, it's just insight related. And I, I didn't think so, but I hadn't heard of that. And Illusory uh, tested it because yes. he is, uh, and I'm not, I'm not putting the person who suggested that was insight related on blast mm-hmm. at all. Like part of the nature of the way that information is shared in these games is that like, it is very easy to repeat rumor, mm-hmm. um, which I have done, yep. you know, multiple times. Like it's something that I heard and it makes sense. And I, you know, missed, I like had an Oprah memory about it or something like that and, and repeated something that's not true. Yeah. Um, I try not to, but I, I've, I've done it myself yeah. as well. Put, put me on blast for putting that in the notes without going and checking it. Uh, nobody needs to be on blast. Okay. But to be um, fair, in, it's insight. I mean, who, the, who knows? <laughs> like, <laughs> Totally. And, and he put, he tested it with 99 insight, but it could be, you know, even if you test it with 40 insight, which is usually the breaking point mm-hmm. and it doesn't work, it's like, well, maybe you need 60 insight. Maybe you need 70 <laughs> insight. Um, it's not the kind of thing you're going to run across very naturally because you have no reason to be back in that area of the game. Yeah. I was walking mm-hmm. around in a uh, Hemic Charnel lane with 75 insight and Eris came back to life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you bring it up. Uh, things, things do happen uh, with more insight in uh, Hemic Charnel yeah. lane, which I didn't realize in my first playthrough. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you, Larry Jewell. Yeah. I'm hoping to get uh, get him on the show this season. Yeah. I'm waiting to find the, the right area. And, uh, you know, because it, it seems like it would be covering a lot of the same ground if we just did data, <laughs> data mining. Yeah. I'm with again, so I'm trying to find a, a good good area to get him on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will continue uh, cool. uh, with Coffin Gate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the, the, the continuing discussion of the coffin stuff. Um, I'm going to kind of like banner this, even though these responses are really good we may have to put a clamp on the coffin stuff in a little bit so <laughs> if you're right close the coffin yeah we're gonna have to close the lid on the coffin um so uh but i'm going to share at least this one and then we're gonna have one more after this and uh something really has to uh blow our minds after this to, uh, yeah, to get shared. include our coffin talk <laughs> yep a whole season coffin of talk coffin talk oh, fuck um but uh Robin, like your cut me accent <laughs> <laughs> nope it is not don't worry i was just i was just parroting gary <laughs> No, I, I was just doing the, the Dana Carvey character from mid-90s Saturday Night Live. <laughs> uh, but this is Robin, our good friend, uh, writing in via contact, saying, I've been pondering the elaborate chained coffins in central Yarnum and wondering if they could possibly be immurement. Um, immurement is a form of permanent and lethal imprisonment used as punishment, sacrifice, or appeasement. We know in Bloodborne that clergy and hunters are especially susceptible to horrible transformations, so it would make sense that these more venerated individuals would be immured to permanently contain them. Whilst bricking up clergy is more common uh, is a more common form of immurement, I can't imagine a mere brick wall withstanding the transformation of the afflicted into huge and hideous beasts. Just speculating. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like yeah. That, that's a cool idea. Like, and it's 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 cool to learn things mm-hmm. about it. Like, the reason why we're going to stop talking about coffins eventually is not because any of these ideas are wrong, but without new evidence, mm-hmm. like they all feel likely. Yeah, you know, and they they all feel roughly equally spooky. I mean, this is basically a cask of amontilladoing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which I which I dig. Yeah. As well. Yeah, so thank you, thank you, Robin. Uh, with with you guys, let's go CJ and then Patty on our, our round robin here. So CJ, okay. do you want to read uh, Tim's? Yeah, both, both, both of these are Tim's, so we, we essentially become Tim Humanities. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I thank you. Uh, right, uh, Tim says, play contact. Um, I wanted to chime in about uh, why I think some of the coffins are so durable with locks on them. Um, the explanation about people desecrating corpses is a solid one, but doesn't quite sit right with me uh, ever since I read the item description for Beast Raw. The description reads in part, Borrow the strength of the terrible undead dark beasts, if only for a moment, to blast surrounding foes back with the force of a roaring beast. This is one of the few, if only, items in Bloodborne to refer to some of the metamorphosed beasts as undead. I believe the dark beasts being referred to here are mainly the ones found in Old Yarnum, and that the disease may still cause a person to turn to a beast uh, even after they've died. For example, Gilbert in Central Yarnum refers specifically to the idea that he can die human, only to return as one of the undead dark beast mobs from Old Yarnum, and the only instance of this kind of creature to be found in Central Yarnum. While this may not be a perfect excuse, it lends more credence as to why chained and locked coffins are so prevalent in Yarnum. After all, who wants to get bit in the face while paying final respect? No. Hmm. I'm the, not clear the, on how how a dark beast differentiates from a regular beast. And you know, like those the, the scourge beast ones. Is it like an ultimate form? Because like we see one, you know, we fight one later. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, and it's fully transformed, you know, kind of boss mode. But And the, the dark beast we fight, like the literal named dark beast... 
that we fight does have some undead elements mm -hmm. to him, like his design, which is what I always thought this was referring to. Um, and that line from Gilbert, I always thought was just kind of tragic irony. Like he thinks he's going to die human, but unfortunately he doesn't. Yeah. You know, like I didn't think of it as he dies human and then and as a progression awakens as the beast. I just thought it was him being extra sad because of, because dark souls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but that's an interesting idea. Um, you know, it's just kind of weird though. Cause like, as you point out, Tim, um, it is like the only reference to the, the beast being undead, mm -hmm. you know, for something that would reasonably be a big deal yeah. in the plot. Like you'd think it would have more than just kind of a side item description. Does it feel like an artifact? Or of like a previous yeah. iteration? Uh, yeah, like a previous, like where, where they were playing with this being like kind of a form of, a, of an undead curse. Yeah, could be. Not the capital U, capital C undead curse, but kind of playing with that same theme, right? Yeah, yeah, it could be. I mean, there are a lot of things in this game that like sit, uncom and sit uncomfortably on the border of like old souls and new Bloodborne, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, especially with, with, those things. with things like um, the Umbasa being taken out of uh, Gascoigne's dialogue. Maybe this was another sort of link towards towards Demon Souls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely could be. And with that, we close the lid on Coffin Gate. We could reopen the coffin, mm -hmm. but for now, Coffin Gate is closed. Yep. Let's Let's take all coffin-related conversation to facebook.com forward slash coffins. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> a lot of sad moms there. Yeah, it's going to be some, some like poor undertaker in Ohio who's just getting all this Bloodborne speculation yeah. on his business page. Like, oh, man, he felt so lucky to snag that domain on Facebook. Like, it's crazy. Coffins. Who would have yeah. taken it? That's like a that's like a 2007 level domain on Facebook. Yeah. But Jokes on you, mm. Carl Parker. Mortuary <laughs> and, and, and embalming. Yep. And I mean, the page is getting popular. I think it finally happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'll teach you to not believe in my dreams. <laughs> One thing I will, I will say: Where's where's the where's the cat tonight? Oh, the, the, Rory's the, sleeping. Ooh. <laughs> he's, oh yeah, he's uh, he's I I came down and hang out with him and uh, gave him some strong pets and he is now sleeping. <laughs> so I'm, I can see him; he's sleeping on my bed, but he's been sleeping through the whole recording session. Because hmm. it's always it's always funny sort of to uh, to to listen to a show and just hear like a. In the background, now you just imagine like uh, in cat language, it's it's more like he's just just chiming in in, in future sites. <laughs> in future societies, when the when the world has been cleansed with a nuclear fire and our, our new cat masters are riding on giant cockroaches, they'll learn how to. Um, they'll, they'll get these old recordings from the old world and they'll be able to translate the cat. And, and they'll all be about being, Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. rather than it being sort of like these these wonderful sort of smooth purring cat noises, it'll be more like, how the hell can you say that? The great daffodil sword is the result of discovering Disco Dave's corpse by the mausoleum in the rotten Carmel town. No, Truly, he was a prophet. <laughs> he's just in the background saying, you assholes, stop talking about video games. Just talk about video games. Yeah, they're just yeah. talking about wet food. The, yeah, um, crying out loud, just open a can of whiskers. I, I, I selfishly really want people to start demanding Bonfireside Cat shirts so I can <laughs> Uh, and as somebody pointed out, chat is uh, is cat in French. Yes, yeah. So bonfireside cat shirts is it is it is works on multiple levels. Gary, well, I assure you that is on that is on the queue of my shirt design. Okay, yeah. I, I, you, I, you can have one. Just lay down and put the cat on yourself, and you have one. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm and let it fire in your chest. Nailed it. <laughs> bonfireside cat blanket right now on top of my bonfireside cat futon. You've got uh, duct tape, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. 
isn't, isn't cat in French pronounced chat? So that yeah. just makes it sound like it's some sort of, it's, it's more like, <laughs> shall we say. It's a past tense of shit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Patty, if you want to read uh, Tim number two or Tim number one. Yeah. Uh, this response is from maybe the same Tim. Who knows? Um, I spent the first few hours of Bloodborne very carefully venturing through central Yarnum at a slow pace, really working to get the controls down and making sure not to miss any items. I had remembered the entrance to Cleric Beast Arena from preview videos and was too scared to try a boss quite yet. So I dropped into the sewers, where I continued my deathless streak through the area. I was sitting on a very nice stack of echoes, and adrenaline was coursing through my veins. This was a total blast, and I was rocking it. Those countless hours of soul games have trained me well. I had this game's number. I had committed the most egregious sin for a Souls player. That of pride. <laughs> Feeling so high on myself, I crawled up the ladder towards Gascoigne's arena, and for some reason, the sight of the torch-wielding huntsman lighting a huge ball on fire next to a huntsman's minion scared the ever-loving crap out of me, and I turned to quickly roll away and get some space, my foolishly arrogant brain forgetting completely that I had not even a second before climbed up a very tall ladder. I could only laugh as the words, You died! covered the screen in front of my flattened corpse scattering my echoes to the wind and shattering my fragile ego. Miyazaki had done it again. Remember, kids, pride, it doesn't pay. You will die, embarrassingly, over and over again. <laughs> Dear God, yes, all of that. I've done exactly the same thing. You get proud and you forget and you fall and then you feel stupid. <laughs> no and does. then you hit the share button on your PS4 and go, guys, look what I did, I'm done. <laughs> 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 Nothing can hurt me. I'm Dan Davis, captain of the football team. <laughs> I, I had an excellent one of those uh, later on. I was running through to a shortcut, uh, an elevator, uh, but I had forgotten to raise the elevator back up again, and I was just trying to avoid all the enemies. So I ran forwards, went straight for the where the elevator should have been. It wasn't there. I fell all the way down the shaft, landed on the bottom like, oh, that was annoying. But one of the enemies that was chasing me landed directly on top of me two seconds later. <laughs> it was like, boom. It was like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. But yes, uh, excellent points. Please never be proud. <laughs> yes. yeah. Remember you're, you're playing a Miyazaki game. <laughs> um, Levi. Yeah, so th thank you, Tims. Um, Levi says via contact. The sewer area felt like a mini blight town. When you didn't have any threat of poison, it did force you to traverse multiple levels, climb ladders blindly, not knowing what was at the top, as well as fight aggressive and intimidating enemies on thin ledges. There are a couple of areas that can only be accessed by falling, after which you must try to gain your bearings, try to navigate back to the ladder, where you find, find where you fell, and do it again so you can get previously unreachable items. It was unnerving and very satisfying the entire time I was exploring there. Father Gascoigne is definitely my favorite NPC. Lore-wise, He's the character I'm most interested in. I feel like there's a lot we don't know about him, and I'm hoping they expand upon his character in future DLC. He kind of feels like an Artorias character to me. I almost always summon him for Cleric Beast now. Not to make the fight easier, but because it's so much fun to see him in action. An eight-foot-tall brute of a man, uh, an eight-foot-tall brute man of the cloth, who fights with, an, with animalistic rage. I feel that in the fight with the Cleric Beast, you are seeing him in his final moments before he loses himself to beasthood. Could he perhaps be targeting members of the church who have turned into beasts? You summon him for cleric and then encounter him on your way to the ward and vicar. Uh, just a cool thing to think about. Yeah. I like that idea of him, you know, kind of like being on this uh, kind of revenge tear, right? Like knowing, okay, I've got mm -hmm. to hunt beasts. Y'all are beasts and you kind of did this to me. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. It would be a re- revenge thing as opposed – I don't think he's like you know straight up like a hunter of hunters yeah. because that, that job's taken. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of him actually having a problem specifically with the church um, has kind of has legs, I think. Mm-hmm. But even though he's still wearing the scarf. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Mm. And also, uh, why wouldn't you hang out and help me with the vicar, you piece of shit? Because that's where I needed you. <laughs> um, as, as will be revealed two episodes hence, that is my – the, the, the vicar Amelia is my Vietnam. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is that – is, that's my one boss for this game yeah. that I died to the most. Mm. Uh, mostly because I fought her when you can run into her. Yes. Which I didn't realize you weren't supposed to do. Yep. And the game does nothing to tell you that except make it so you can't fight her or make yeah. it can't beat her rather. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to move on. So Laughlin, uh, sorry if I mispronounced her name, Laughlin, but that's how I'm going to say it. Writes in via contact. Just a note for people writing in. If you write in via the contact form, I will not put your last name in. If you write mm-hmm. in via Facebook, it is there in public. So we're going to share it. Um, hmm. so there's that for you, just so you know, the rhyme to that reason or the reason to that rhyme. Uh, so Laughlin writes in saying, when I started Bloodborne, the two werewolves on the bridge were, uh, too much of a deterrent for me. I assumed they were a sign that the area behind them was too difficult. It reminded me of accidentally wandering into the back door of Blighttown an hour into my first playthrough of Dark Souls. So I ran past them into the sewers. As a result, I missed the cleric beast and Father Gascoigne was my first boss. Ooh. I am a Souls veteran, uh, but I felt like the opening area of Bloodborne was a meat grinder, and coming up against Gascoigne without the ability to level up was incredibly frustrating. He was too fast and aggressive, and after nine or ten failed attempts, I decided that he must have been intended uh, to be a lesson in how important staggering and visceral attacks are. Like many people, I didn't learn to parry in Dark Souls until I fought Gwyn, and I assumed the developers were trying to make sure that we learned this important skill early. Um, I ran through the levels uh, a few times, uh, practicing interrupting attacks with my pistol, and then discovered that I could talk to NPCs in the houses, found the music box, and ripped Gascoigne apart on my next try. I haven't finished my first playthrough yet, though I'm close, but Father Gascoigne is the only boss that I've had so much trouble with. It was nice to feel uh, that good old Dark Souls fear again, even if it was kind of undercut when I finally worked up the courage to kill the werewolves and discovered the real, much easier first boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he is not for you now. <laughs> yeah, the same thing happened uh, to me. Like I missed the cleric beast, and I got to guess going first. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, huh. Because I was on That's... I was on quite a quite a high after because I did the cleric beast first time, which surprised even me. Um, but when I got to Gascoigne, I was instantly humbled. <laughs> so I can't imagine that being the, the first boss fight. It's like crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Hitting Gascoigne um, made me uh, want to look and find someplace else I could go. And uh, the place that I found upon further inspection was, in fact, the Cleric Beast and the place I was meant to go in the first place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Although completely optionally. Yep. <laughs> you never need to. What which am- is going to be a theme. <laughs> What I'm, what I'm confused here, do you have to have insight from the Cleric Beast, or do you have to have any insight at all in order to uh, to activate and revive the doll? Any insight. One. Any insight. Yeah, one insight from anywhere, I think. Okay. Yeah. It's just, yeah, because I, I did that this time. Um, and if you want to summon Gascoigne, you have to do that. Yeah. Um, I was just curious can... in raising that, because that, that is the situation that was raised up in, Lo- in Laughlin's response. Oh, yeah. Ooh, if there are different imagine... kinds of insight. Oh, yeah, if, you, if you miss the Cleric Beast and then yeah. could never up- upgrade for the entire game. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. 
Dark Souls. That'd be, that'd be some bullshit. <laughs> oh, yes, thank you. Thank you, Lavin. Mm-hmm. Uh, CJ, do you want to read John's response? Yeah, uh, so Sean Wagoner. Shana Woo! Shana Woo! By Facebook. <laughs> we love you, Sean. <laughs> Uh, my first comment on the second portion of Central Yarnum is the enjoyable moment of environment storytelling I experience. Just before the, entering the area where you speak with Eileen, there are a couple of corpses, one with the saw spear. I like to think that those are two hunters that Eileen disposed of, hanging them up after. It's a small detail, but it adds a bit to her role as the hunter of hunters. As I made my way through the aqueduct, I noticed that all of the lanterns are messengers holding lamps. This led me to wonder about the sculptor that created these pieces and why. Besides giving a fitting gothic tone, were the messengers enough of a cultural touchstone in Yarnum as to be something fashioned for an undesirable portion of the city where few people would visit? I have no conclusions on it, just an interesting point for discussion. And then Sean goes on to describe Gascoigne's storyline, some elements uh, that were covered in the main episode. And then some elements we'll cover when we conclude it. As well, Sean and I on, on Facebook, we're talk, kind of going back and forth talking about that. But it all has to do with some stuff that happens uh, after the time change. Um, mm. So the stuff that he, he, he talks about um, in his response that we, you know, that happened at this point chronologically in the game, uh, we covered in the episode. Yep. Um, but let's talk about that messenger as like cultural artifact thing. Because I was, I was under the impression before I noticed that, that messengers weren't visible. Mm-hmm. You know, for non-hunters or non-people who were touched by the hunter's mark or had some kind of connection to the dream, mm. but apparently they are. Well, I mean, if you if you ascribe to the uh, or subscribe rather to the uh, interpretation that the yardum that you're seeing is a dream, um, mm. then they would be represented as kind of like a version of this that kind of carries some of the imagery that the person who created it had in mind. Somebody yeah. who was aware of the messengers mm. in the first place. Yeah, well, that's that's part of the individual uh, dream of the of the artist, and that that that's that's in their mind, or that's a piece of inspiration they've drawn from, and it has become cultural. And then it's it's almost swung back. It's a touchstone between the dream and reality through art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is one of those things. Like I I don't have uh, where I want to land on on is Yarnum a dream yet? Yeah. Um, there's like, there's things that support it and, but I'm resisting it with every fiber of my being um, <laughs> because I don't like, I just don't like it. Like I don't want to, you know, the, spend the time in a dream. That's dumb to me. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, the way to find out, you have to spin the little dreidel and see if it falls over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but that, that was one of the, that was one of the, uh, the things that kept cropping up in Dark Souls 2 as well. The, 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 the butter dream message on the, on the, on the floor. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Or like, yeah, the like a dream. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, butter dream just sounds like it's going to be like, do you like butter? But none of the calories. <laughs> yeah. Try butter dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it would make a sense, and there is an ending that supports it, um, which we'll we'll talk about later, way later in like yeah. a year. Mm. But like it just, I just, I, I'm, I am resistant to any story that turns out anything was a dream. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't like it, um, <laughs> and I don't have, a, I don't have a good good reasoning behind it. And this is somebody who like, I love Lovecraft and in Lovecraft, there actually is the dreamlands where people can like travel to that. And it's extant. It doesn't mean like, like a dream is, does not have to be code word yeah. for like, doesn't matter and was fake. Yeah. Um, but it is just an association I have that I have to like shake off. If they make the mechanics of the dream and kind of the cosmology and the way that those are kind of created, like here, you know, that there is authorship behind the notion of dreams. Right. 
and mm. you know like like what kind of forces are aligned to them so th- there is consequence behind it and i think that that takes away any resistance i would have to like a you know like this is an immediate thing that that, that is an authorial cop-out yeah 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 it doesn't take away all of my resistance yeah. but i i I, re- I recognize what you're saying like, I don't think, I don't think you're wrong. It just, I still have a little bit of that resistance. I wouldn't think it was an authorial cop-out. It just makes it feel worse for me. Yeah. So. Anywho, um, yeah, do you want to go on to Corey? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, before we do, uh, Sean uh, Wagner, the author of the last one, uh, actually runs the The Law Hunter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bloodborne account. Uh, and we've been chatting back and forth. He's doing some, some deep dives on some things. So go check that out. Yeah, I was going to mention that at the end um, of oh, okay. the, the thing that he does. Uh, that It's a really good, like, he does his own work on there, but then he also does, um, it's also kind of a repository mm-hmm. for lore stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. It is a super cool blog. And it will be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, moving on to Corey via contact. For me, Father Gascoigne was peak Bloodborne frustration. He's pretty manageable until he hulks out around the third health, and learning to fight his much more difficult beast form meant taking some damage getting him there. Consequently, I'd occasionally have to stop fighting him and farm for blood vials, which is hardly trivial at this point in the game, and took me out of the boss fight mindset. The fact that he's blocking the way to the rest of the game further exacerbated my frustration, since there was nowhere else I could go explore after I got tired of flinging myself against the wall. Yeah, that that is true. Like, yeah. there's there's nothing optional to do. Um, there are so few uh, mandatory boss fights in this game. Um, mm. The next one that you run into, there are alternatives. Um, which is the boss I talked about flinging myself up against. But when you run into to Vicar Amelia, you can go and do some other stuff if you want to. Um, here, you really can't. Yeah. Um, and and we don't. I don't want to turn us into a broken record for the season of bitching about farming for blood vials. But I maintain that is a bad mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and should never have made it into the game. It's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. I see no good in it. So I, uh, I share your pain, Corey. I agree. I, I just looked upon it as parrying practice. <laughs> Just yeah, keep I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you can do it. Like you can make, and now on subsequent playthroughs, when I'm like, oh, blood, like vials are valuable. Like knowing that now, and knowing I need to buy them and stuff. Like I'll go out of my way to kill an enemy if I know he'll drop a blood vial, or if I have mm. like a couple thaudo souls, I'll just drop them into blood vials, even if I don't need them. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of manage it, but that first playthrough is just a nightmare. Like any boss I just died to repeatedly just became like a slog in yeah. a way that the Souls games have never been before. Yeah, when you when you bottom out like you in that first playthrough, you really get on the other side of the rich get richer, the yeah. wrong side of it. When, when and I love how it 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 telegraphs itself to you by not by bottoming out, but like you you know every time I'm fighting this guy, I have 21 blood vials, great, and then all of a sudden I go to fight him and I have 12, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> do I even try it? What's the point? I don't care. You know, like, everything sucks. Right Although by. that flips on your your second playthrough because uh, the co-op run me and CJ have been doing, uh, we've just got up to about the Bloodstaff Beast, and I have sold about 40 of them so far. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, I'm like, I, just, I don't need them. Like, and that's not me saying, "Hey, I'm really good." It's just like, that's not really. I, I know how to farm them now and get them quickly. Uh, and because you're doing co-op, yeah, and co-op exactly. So, like, we're we just sort of waltzing through places, going, <laughs> "You're all shit." Mm-hmm. Which um, is fun. No. <laughs> Uh, so Thomas says via contact, CJ will undoubtedly speak to his experience with Father Gascoigne's storyline as he has in Twin Humanities. I never tired of hearing about it because this was the first moment Bloodborne touched the same heartbreaking storytelling, heartbreaking storytelling that I appreciated in Dark Souls. After I gave the daughter back the brooch, I felt like a fool. 
I should have known better than to expect a video game fetch quest from a Souls game. Of course the little girl would be distraught at the loss of her parents. I felt like a real bastard after that. But the moment moved me to create a low soul level, blood level, character with the music box to help people out against Papa G. Um, there have been a few cases of people asking me what I was doing to stagger them. I directed them to the girl in the window for their subsequent playthroughs. By the way, Cole, thanks for the big coffin hunter reference last appendix. I'd sell my threaded cane for a dark tower special from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The big Thank coffin hunter. Thank you, Thomas, as well. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas. Yeah. Very much appreciated. Oh. I do like I do like the the Papa G nickname though because I've now got yeah, like Papa, Papa, Papa don't preach, <laughs> which kind of ties into him being Papa a don't beast. Papa do beast. Yeah, <laughs> that's the point. That's the yeah. point of Papa. We, G. we we talked about Papa and beasts uh, all during the last episode. We don't need to get back into <laughs> Papa or beasts. You. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no the uh, the big coffin or uh, big coffin hunter thing is from the, uh, uh, the 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 middle doldrums of the Dark Tower, so I'm happy somebody recognized that. Yeah, I didn't recognize what it was, so it probably didn't yeah. end up in the show notes. Oh, I've only read the first two. I've got the whole set, but I've only managed two of those. Shit. Read read the third. Okay. Yeah, read the third because okay. it's one of the <laughs> best books ever. <laughs> but um, it ends I, I think up, uh, I finished the second. The, the drawing of the three is the last one. I read. Yeah, I think it's yeah. the second one, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll read the third. Yeah. Um, the, the, am the, I gonna Am I gonna have to write you an angry email when I'm done? No, no, you're not gonna. Like, if you if you read the third, you're good. Uh, if you go okay. if you go f- between between uh, four and seven, um, it ends up being the the, the kind of self indulgent, uh, kind of metaphysical horse shit that only I appreciate. Apparently, <laughs> so I can't uh, I can't in good in good conscience or good faith encourage anybody to go on that journey. Um, you know, at, at least outside of their own volition. However, the eighth one, the went through the keyhole, is actually really really good. So um, that would be what I would say. Read number three and then number four uh, and then number eight. <laughs> okay. Yep. Skip the skip the middle four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, so I'm going to take us on to a big, uh, sorry, to a just funnin', um, big funnin'. You okay? Uh, yep, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I I'm just asked right. him if you're okay because we're just funnin'. Somebody suggested I drive across the country to hug you. Because, yeah. Because of, <laughs> I, I've been having a lot of, lot of instances of just funnin' lately. It's, it's not great. <laughs> I like the thought of you doing that and the only song that's in the car is the theme to The Littlest Hobo. <laughs> there is a voice. Keep on calling me. <laughs> But uh, Belshazzar writes in via contact saying, I rarely hear much discussion about role-playing, ga- uh, role-playing in Souls games because there is little gameplay benefit to assuming a specific character and limiting your actions slash dress slash play style accordingly. I hear a lot of people dismiss the role-playing aspects as superfluous to the experience. Inhabiting a character that I have created specifically for each game is a huge part of the Souls experience for me. Playing Bloodborne, playing Bloodborne as an aging, mournful, and bearded James Cromwell lookalike. Uh, each beast I kill weighs heavily on me, and it is clear that I take no pleasure in the hunt. This, this self-imposed narrative uh, has absolutely no gameplay value, uh, but my experience of the game would be entirely different if I was to play the role of a young Van Helsing-esque monster killer. It is apparent that others find role-playing important as well, as I frequently see summoned players dressed in unique clothes, wielding weapons that uh, that most would not consider to be the most powerful, and performing appropriate but useless gestures at enemies, NPCs, and the environment. 
Do any of you uh, do any role-playing when you play Bloodborne? I wonder how many Souls players assume a different sort of role and change their playstyle without realizing it. How would players react if non-gameplay relevant features like gestures and character creation were removed entirely? Although it makes no actual difference in the world of my game, inhabiting a character is an important part of my Souls experience. I'd love to hear how you and your listeners interact with the game on this level. Mm. Um, I um, don't just to just answer this out here, you know, readily possibly because of the, of that mechanical thing, I would be upset if the gestures were taken out because that is a, like the only form of communication you have with other players when you're in their world. And, and me, and me and CJ have gotten maybe what I would imagine a week's worth of fun out of just the point. gestures. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, they're super fun. They're super goofy. Like I, I wouldn't don't want them to leave either. Um, and it also is another reward mm-hmm. that you can get. So like if you do the the things the game wants you to do, like you can get a little a little thing for it. Um, it's very rare that I will actually role play in the game. Um, I have done where it's like I'm going to be a shithead mm-hmm. uh, versus I'm going to be you know try to make everything work out well. For guys mm-hmm. like I'll have kind of tendencies towards like good or evil, um, which worked better with dark and demon souls with the kind of binary endings um that they had uh which were which were one or the other um but it with starting with dark souls 2 and with bloodborne the endings are not like yes this is good no this is bad even though there is more to it than that like as we discussed at nauseum um for years but the mm-hmm. uh, in in the first two dark souls i would do that a little bit and then uh and 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 oftentimes they would go with like so the character like in dark souls 1 the player that was going to go find kath and be a dark wraith like in my mind, it's like okay, this guy is a bad guy, you know. Um, but I didn't. I don't take it very far, and I don't take it encounter to encounter or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I always play like my my first run. I always try and make something as close to like my own visage as I can, mm-hmm. uh, and then just play however it comes. And then usually the second or third playthrough is where I think, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna be Father Gascoigne for this run, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And then, then just go and stick with that. Or and like the gesturing, like uh, we had this the other day, uh, me and CJ were playing uh, Dark Souls 2 Scholar. Uh, and it might have been with him or not. Uh, but whenever someone got like a, a backstab or a parry on one of the Hyde Knights, I'd stand in front and do the nah <laughs> gesture. Just to be as cocky as possible. <laughs> I'd, I'd, done, uh, I'd done some uh, some co-op with, uh, with my friend Laura Rich and she... Um, she gives uh, when she's created a character, she gives them a full backstory, hmm. um, which which is something that I've not done. But I'd, I'd really, I'd be as, as as someone that likes to likes to write anyway. That would be something that'd be really cool to to give uh, someone, you know, a life and quirks and really go into like the minutia of who this person was, and then to put them into the game and to to maybe see if there's a an extra resonance because this is this isn't just you playing a game or, or or you playing as yourself but you've you've created somebody that's that's living in this world that's got a personality of their own i guess yeah, that's kind of cool plus she's yeah. got the coolest co-op sign off <laughs> which is to to bow and then calmly walk away yeah i've, I, I've, I've awesome. taken that way i've that's taken good. that way laura show show alum Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she's on our, our Dark Souls two season. Yeah, um, she's cool. may, yeah. yeah, she's it's very a, cool. It's like a matter of priority, right? Because I'm more concerned about about the character of the world, because um, the world is a character, you guys. Um, no, but also <laughs> like just kind of like what's happening at the macro mm-hmm. level. The, the the character is mostly just uh, a thing for the camera to you know to look at while I go and discover that stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that, that that that's why I don't you know actively seek out that side of the experience. 
No, no, the, the characters are thing to dress up in your Barbie clothes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's it's all about fashion, born. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's it's interesting the way that this is, um, like the way that the the word role playing has changed as it applies to video games. Mm. You know, like this is a role playing game because you have control over your stats and and stuff like that. But you it's you're not necessary, and you do. I mean, make a couple of choices like that that influence the story, but like. What that means, the word role-playing doesn't actually have anything to do with the concept of role-playing when it comes to games. You know, like, it means something entirely different. Mm-hmm. So you can get away with doing none of that. You know, you don't have to do it. I know um, that um, I know that Leon Cox was, was saying uh, about, from Kanan Rinch, from uh, about uh, um, Dragon's Dogma, that he set up his character as uh, a middle-aged, slightly heavier set woman. Uh, hmm. Because he liked the thought of of the, uh, the 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 chosen one, not being sort of this stunningly muscular guy or this incredibly pretty girl, but kind of this very very ordinary run of the mill kind of uh, kind of person, I guess. Which I hadn't really thought about doing before. But that's 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 pretty cool in itself. Yeah, so thank, thank you, uh, Belshazzar. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, before we finish the follow-up things, I wanted to. Um, talk about like a, a piece of feedback that we got real quick um it's actually kind of old and i meant to bring it up last episode and forgot um but in the very first episode we were talking about the hunter's dream um some comments and stuff were saying we're kind of chiding uh us for being kind of puritanical mm-hmm. when we were squicked out by the uh the line from german um you know saying that you can use the doll and uh i just want to clarify so a couple of people were just like saying that uh that i was being um uh, what like like I don't know what the word is being safe like doing it because I was I didn't want to offend listeners or anything like that, yeah. um, which is not the case. Um, you know you could you could accuse me of being um, like I've, I'm on the record like those people don't listen to Watch Out for Fireballs where I talk <laughs> about how you shouldn't get boners from games and I say it all the time. <laughs> like it, that stuff that uh, genuinely the intersection of gaming and sex is weird to me. Um, it, but it's it's if you don't have to agree with that, but it is it is genuine. I'm not just saying it. Yeah. Cole can attest to the fact that I'm weirded out by that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I took that that particular line is quite. Ugh. Yeah, yeah I, it, that's. There was the point where um, the uh, the other day when I noticed the the dirt on the 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 bottom sort of hem of the doll's dress, yeah. and just uh, my mind put two and two together with what what German had said about using the doll, and it mm. just really, really kind of made me go like. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's well, a lot of people were saying like, oh, you know, there's been a precedent for this stuff. Like there's sex. Uh, uh, Petrus was going to sexually assault Rhea, you know, in Dark Souls one. But this is so like this just felt like it just felt less in character to me. Yeah. You know, like we, we mentioned it during that episode. Right. That like this is this is meant to make you feel uncomfortable. And this is like we, we caught that like that, that, that mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we didn't miss it. Um, the, 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 the problem that, that is present is just that it is such a tonal shift that doesn't feel like it actually serves, um, you know, what, what it's trying to accomplish. And so yeah. it does it does kind of take us out of it a little bit. And, and like, I don't, I don't, I, I like to think that I uh, accept criticism well, but the one thing that is always hard for me to accept is like being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the reason why we get into this thing is because we want to communicate. Um, so I don't want anyone to mistake me for like one, uh, being disingenuous when I say I'm squeaked out by something because I'm like the, the stuff on the show, like this is, this is me actually, I don't hold anything back. We just talked about cum for like a half hour in the last <laughs> episode. It was not like, you know, they're, they're actually my opinions. You don't have to agree with them. You know, but they're actually true. And then also, 
it doesn't don't assume that I didn't consider that something is intentional just because I didn't like it. Like it can be something that it was intended, but also could be something I don't think works. Yeah. And that isn't, isn't that isn't that kind of the the whole thing about about souls in general of different playthroughs and talking to different people that have got different takes on things or have been affected in different ways by it. That's what makes the community fun because, you know, it's, it's, it's fine to disagree with something. That means that you, that you're thinking. Yeah, exactly. Like, and this, and me saying that I don't think it's that way. doesn't mean it doesn't have to impact you thinking the opposite. Yeah. And it doesn't even necessarily think that I think that you're wrong. Like I, you know, there's room for all of it. Um, you know, so if, if it worked for you, you know, because it was meant to be creepy and it was meant to be sexual and that was intended, great. And if you've always thought of like the souls as being less, you know, more about that and there being more room for that stuff in souls, mm-hmm. also great. But, uh, but you know, I didn't, which is okay. Yeah. You know, so I just, like, I ordinarily I wouldn't have dug out a three-week-old comment to respond to. <laughs> um, but one, I meant to do it last time. And then two, again, you know, please don't let me be misunderstood. Um, so I'm just, I'm just a podcaster whose intentions are good. Uh, So, so, so thanks everybody, uh, for your feedback and contributing. If you have things to say about old Yarnum, hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash bonfireside chat. Yeah. If you'd like to support us, you can go to um, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv or go to duckfeed.tv slash tipjar. Do your Amazon purchases through that, and it does uh, uh, help us out a great deal. Um, CJ and Patty, how can people find you? Do you want to take it this time? Yeah. I'll do it this time, yeah. Okay. Easiest way to find us uh, is on Twitter, which is at Twin Humanities. Uh, On there, you'll find us linking up all our new shows and everything we put out, uh, plus just to talk to us. Uh, You can find us individually. I'm at Paddy Stardust. Uh, CJ is at Coffee Jesus with a Z in the middle of Jesus. Uh, You can also find us on TwinHumanities.com. We have a YouTube channel uh, where we also put all our videos up and stuff. And yeah, just come and say hello. Uh, and if you like it, you know, do the iTunes review, share thing, press the plus one button on your social media of choice. Because <laughs> there's so many of them. <laughs> yes. So many ways to, 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 to show approval. And it's, it's can, can you link and, uh, us in? Link, link us in. Why not? <laughs> yeah, you know, let's join. Let's join your employee network. Fax us a business card. Um, and, and stay tuned for uh, some some pretty, pretty goofy Deleted scene <laughs> material. <laughs> we had a, we had a good giggle. Folks, show mofo. Hello, hello. Hey, Paddy. Hello. Hey. Good evening. Hello. 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 I still had the music playing then when everyone was saying hello, and it just sounded like a, a proper introduction, like this. Hello. <laughs> hello. 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 <laughs> Was Hello. was sort of fading down. I remember that song. Who sang that song? Uh, <laughs> oh, the old Hello song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Shade. Yeah, yep, it was. No, it was no. Hello, was and then parentheses. Nice to meet you. Yeah. No, there was one. Um, it was like Hello, Peter. Hello, Paul. And then it got into the chorus. It went like Hello, 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 Hello. <laughs> I'll find it. <laughs> I, I do not know it. Yeah. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be a point sort of where i'm in the bath in about like four weeks time and i suddenly go oh my god it was you know, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah like Kaiser Soze moment. <laughs> yeah. oh. hopefully, hopefully it doesn't happen in the middle of you know we we've we figured it out 
Gascoigne is actually from. <laughs> <laughs> and then is just it, bam. Is it Lionel Richie? Oh, that, that's a different. That, that doesn't have Lionel Richie going "Hello, Peter. Hello, Paul." Yep. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> if he, if if Hello. age with Lionel Richie just broke him off going in a certain direction, just Hello. started freestyling it. <laughs> the prompter turned off. Yeah, yeah. I'm no not li- feeling no very Lionel. well. So this, this time it's not you we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> but here are all the people that I've said hello to in my life. These are the names I know. Oh um, man, that reminds me. I remember once seeing like there was a there was a thing here with um, where they started with some basketball coverage like years and years ago, and trying to introduce the UK to kind of the rules of basketball and stuff. Really, really well done show. But they showed um, some footage of um, the the start of some sort of championship game with um, who was it? There was there was some soul singer that was singing the national anthem. And I swear to God, within about two lines, all these basketball players were looking at him, wondering if they'd actually get to start the game in their lifetime. <laughs> it was kind of like, oh, 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 sing. And it was just, even watching it, you're just feeling uncomfortable and thinking like, I'm, I'm getting cramp at my arse cheeks. <laughs> Is this ever going to happen? So, Drugs. Yeah, that's, that's people, man. That's that's the national anthem for you. People can't shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, just just quiet your face a little bit. The more notes you add, the sports. more you love America. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I I love um, going to like a local sporting event where they they get the low rent national anthem people because they always do the national anthem. So you, mm-hmm. you know you see it on TV, but if you go see like a minor league baseball game or even something like junior roller derby, somebody's singing the national anthem. And uh, they they just really scrape the the middle bottom of the barrel for that stuff. <laughs> you just get some people. It's just like, you know, this is this is this is karaoke like national anthem at best. Which like I think the national anthem is on karaoke. I think you can do that. <laughs> and next time I do karaoke, I'm doing the national anthem. So yes. this nice you, MIDI backing track. <laughs> what like some somebody's just running through the um the different sounds that can be used on a on the demo of a keyboard. Yep, yeah. the Casio the Casio <laughs> yeah. we do, oh, what was the one we had when we was a kid? I think it was just the way you are by Billy Joel and it was like and it would always get to a certain point where it played like the wind bit and it'd be like like I, there's um there's a website that collects those the collects really? keyboard yeah like old ladies keyboard demos uh-huh. because they're awesome like especially when they're like a modern pop hit as opposed to like Yankee Doodle or some shit because mm-hmm. um, you end up I I used to have a keyboard that had uh, I'm your Venus I'm your fire <laughs> and it was awesome like it was real good it was like that like Genesis farts for miles like like it's so bassy. <laughs> Yeah, our, our national anthem is somewhat of a dirge. So whenever you, we could we could be playing like a, a friendly in the football with some sort of European country, and and sort of theirs is also like so like you can see all the all the fans sort of really getting riled up by, it, and then we go, God save our gracious Queen, <laughs> <Thank> Christ. <laughs> Just being now. carried along behind the footballers, depressed <laughs> <laughs> before the games kicked off. I love that phrase. It sets you up well for an England game, doesn't it, really? (laughs) I love that phrase that you use, playing a friendly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty great. 
<laughs> yeah, that's 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 sort of the the point where they they've just the FA have just arranged something for financial reasons under the guise of sort of playing some some of the second rate players or just just keeping the hand in before the yeah, proper an games. exhibition match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and nobody yeah. cares about it. Yeah, just just in case the entire country forgets about football by accident. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure you're in danger of. Yeah. No. How, how are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right actually. It's um, I've I've had a day off today, so uh, I've done uh, very little other than play Scholar of the First Sin and watch staggering amounts of Nashville, which I am stupendously addicted to, and have shed real tears at certain songs, <laughs> which is quite embarrassing. <laughs> I've watched so much of it. I'm surprised I'm not sort of speaking to you within with some sort of Nashville twang. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, we Cole and I go to great lengths to, to disguise our accents for the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, it's it's yeah. hard. <laughs> well, yeah, we 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 met over a, a stand up washboard base and a yep. and a cigar box geet box. Yeah, his enthusiastic <laughs> knee slapping. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was playing the spoons, and Cole was like, "I like your sound." Then, hey son, I like the cut of your jib. Yeah, like you've got quite some moxie. So you're making me language. vibrate in my nylons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you, you look like you'd rock a bolo tie. Am I right in that assumption? <laughs> Am I not rocking a bolo with a hoot nanny? Come on. When yeah. would I ever rock a bolo? <laughs> Just got a vision of you two meet, uh, your eyes meeting in that in that sort of bar with the spoons. And Hello? at the point where, where your eyes meet, sort of the, the tie just spins around on Cole and he just <laughs> opens his eyes at you like you, yeah, you've you won the lottery, son. Yeah. We got spoons. Yeah. <laughs> We had forks. Oh, we dreamed of forks. Yeah, we used to do the show with the guy who played the forks, and it sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Fork that guy. Anything. Yeah. Nashville. It just wasn't working out. <laughs> is, is Nashville a reality music competition show? It's um, it's, drama. it's got, um, alas, from uh, Friday Night Lights in it, which uh, is the reason I started watching it. Um, and it reminds me a lot of Friday Night Lights, except instead of there being... Uh, an American football game, sort of for me to get sort of really riled by. Uh, occasionally, someone will break into a song, and within about two lines, I'll be like, <gasps> <laughs> "So uh, yeah, I've, I've been surprisingly involved in it." Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. So yeah. yeah, my 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 girlfriend watches that show, and I've mm. not seen it, but she watches it pretty pretty religiously. Now I'm not saying that like my girlfriend watches the show, <laughs> but that that is, <laughs> you know, that that is how you've been exposed to it. Yeah, that, Mind yeah. You, I, I, I do know a guy who, when I was, because I don't really understand a lot of uh, American football, but I really enjoyed Friday Night Lights. And uh, I knew a, a, a guy who um, refused to watch it because it had uh, a large demographic of women watched it. Hmm. Well, that's, which, that's ridiculous. Refused? Because it's bizarre. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. They, they, they look at this show about football and say, this is girly. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be. It's an emotionally resonant show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think one of the successes about it was that it, it made you care about the people in the community, and part of it wasn't wasn't really the um, the football. It was how there was this town that was incredibly religious, and a part of that religion wasn't just God. It was about football mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and sort of how the the, the pressure put on these on this coach and this year, these these young men that are trying to 
kind of find themselves in their lives uh impacts them really but yeah but, I, I really enjoyed that show no 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 good drama is about what it looks like oh yeah it's, it's not like you know the wire is actually about cops and criminals <laughs> you know shooting each other and getting into chases and stuff and like it's not like Mad Men is actually about the advertising industry like <laughs> it, you know it's it's about the people and that then and you know deadwood's about building a community and like gary? breaking bad is about you know yeah you know what i watched this morning gary what'd you watch the first episode of deadwood yes Welcome. So we'll come back around again. Yeah. <laughs> Cocksucker. <laughs> um, yeah, just, just I, remember, I remember television. I used to watch television once. <laughs> <laughs> Who has time anymore? I, I, I very rarely watch television uh, now, but I, every once in a while I'll make an exception. But uh, the, only, the only TV we watch now is Netflix, and usually Laura gets that, and which means we're watching some god-awful anime. <laughs> <laughs> She's watching something called Black Butler at the minute. Hmm. It, it, it is horrific. The, the that opening... Denzel Washington movie from the uh, <laughs> from last year that made white people feel good about racism? Is that, <laughs> is that the one? That's, that's it, yeah. Oh, okay. um, there's, there's a line in the opening that's something like, um, uh, you will melt and, and I will drink you and play with your upper lip. And I was watching, uh, <laughs> no, what? No. And I just looked across at her and she, she couldn't explain it. <laughs> she just sort of looked guilty and looked away. Dang. So, <laughs> no, I, I, watched, I haven't watched a TV show. I mean, we started watching Deadwood before the movie. Uh, not Deadwood, Daredevil. God, yeah. Same word. Um, great. Yeah, I only got four episodes in and then we moved house. And ever since, there's, there's just been no time. Yeah. Because yeah. the house needs fixing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm practically sitting in a hole here in front of the computer. So it's... <laughs> I know that game. <laughs> oh, house moving's great, isn't it? Yeah. When you, you turn up to your new house and you go in and you discover a massive hole in the floor that you never saw before because there was a sofa over it. Oh, God. What? <laughs> Great. Yeah, no, there's a huge chunk where, like, a fireplace has clearly been taken out, but we never saw it because there was a sofa here when we came to view it. It's a, it's a and, hole in the floor? Well, it's not a massive hole. Like, it's just kind yeah. of like a bit where they haven't done the nice flooring, so it kind of just dips yeah. down by about an inch. But it's enough to set off the balance of the computer chair. Oh. It's it's a, it's enough to start a koi pond. <laughs> yeah. like, like, look on the bright side, man. We could put some baby ones in there. Like they, they'd be yeah. okay for a while. Yeah, it's, it's just Patty and the koi boys. Just hang <laughs> that puts so many band. Yeah, that, was. That, that puts so many real world problems into uh, into perspective. Pat, be like, uh, oh, have you have you have you heard this? There's there's problems with the uh, 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 more radiation's been discovered in Japan, and people are still starving in Africa. Never mind that. My yeah. friend has a bit of floor that's slightly lower <laughs> than his his main floor. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag stay strong for Paddy. Yeah, yeah, but the 15. problem is, it's like because now because I bought this house and because we're not renting, right? This this is my problem to fix now. Oh, like yeah. I can't just yeah. phone someone and go fix it. Like, well, I can. I can phone my dad. Call the police. But... <laughs> <laughs> the floor police. <laughs> yeah, we don't get many calls, mate. I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> exactly. Those ceiling boys. Yeah. What we're looking for is someone that has a look in their eye which says, I'm not going to finish all this floor. And you'd be surprised how difficult that is to find. We'll but we're looking. We don't get much budget. <laughs> You've just got officers out in the streets, but they're all covered in floor tiles. <laughs> just look like, like, like pixel art. <laughs> Those roof riders get all the funding. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, so yes, no, I'm I'm, I'm well. Uh, I've I've had a, a very long shift at work. Uh, 
Half eight till seven. Yeah. Mm. And a long shift. Just pushing furniture around and taking furniture phone calls from people. Uh, I work for a charity shop. Like, uh, I think you call them Goodwill in America. Uh, And we, yeah, we take in like furniture from people. So what that essentially boils down to is I have a phone in my shop and it doesn't stop ringing for 12 hours. (laughs) Because people are like, I don't want to pay to dispose of this. Will you come take it? Yeah. And and I'd be like, is it nice? And they go, (laughs) it's, the table's only got three legs. And I go, okay, bye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, some of the shit we have been to, like that is not a joke. Mm-hmm. Got a table with a leg missing, and they're like, "You could just buy another one." Like, no, you <laughs> could buy charity. another one. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> yeah. This is for this is for That's... you know people who are buying discount tables. Like, yeah, which but... I, I'm not saying that to be disparaging. Like, I buy almost all my furniture at Goodwill. Like every once in a while, I'll be in a store and I'm like, "Oh, a new couch, couch is six hundred dollars for something <laughs> my cat is going to scratch up." Yeah. That's a month's rent. I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. <laughs> Everything um, in my house is is pr- well. I would say seventy five percent of things in my house are from my shop. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I like that. Well, you get dibs. Well, no, you, you should. You can. You should There's a twenty four hour rule. You have to wait exactly oh. twenty four hours, Ooh. and you can go. It's mine. <laughs> you should. You should get that three legged table for that hole in your floor. Like, just position it over, <laughs> yeah. and then just hover over. I could. I the, could take the museum the of the wrong. Yeah, <laughs> the island of misfit furniture. It just, just open up the door and they're like, Marlene, he's ginger. Run. We might not escape this place. Yeah. Horrible nightmarish oh. land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you, we'll start getting started. I've got some stuff to do mm-hmm. um, after this mm-hmm. and I know it is late. For you guys. Yes. I apologize for the late start. I had a tremendous amount of technical difficulty getting stuff set up for the recording. Nice. Fine. Don't worry about it. I notice I have two of you on Skype. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, the, so I was orig- originally going to, do- to uh, dial you in on another computer to get a mm. nice multi-track separation so we could do like compression and, you know, edit out overtalk. But no, all of you are on one track because of the te- technical difficulties. So, uh, yeah, you just have, uh, you have two of me now. Excellent. <laughs> Oh, I, I was a bit concerned. Like, wait, didn't I just hang on? What? Yeah, <laughs> that's almost that a sitcom, isn't it? Like my two calls. Yeah. Yeah. Too many calls. Neither. Do you um or, or go ahead, Cole? No, Sorry. I was going to say neither of them do much. Go, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> yeah, my two calls. The uh, uh, so just so you guys know, if you guys have a computer in front of you, we have a, a notes page. <laughs> Um, if you have a computer, it's probably funny enough. Ex- excellent. I guess that's true. You're on Skype. The um, <laughs> why, why, why did I, why where's did I this voice was... coming from? Well, you might have been thrown off, Paddy, by that food. slightly lower floor that you've got. Yeah. In a <laughs> so we just, we're just covering all bases. Speaks this looks slow, like the computer. Speak slowly. Bit, He's got a lowered floor. <laughs> <laughs> he can understand you. Don't treat him any differently. <laughs> yeah. This looks like the um, computer. It's an inch higher than it usually is. What's, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> My whole world is coming apart. The, um, so if you uh, open a browser and go to... Uh, like that click clack good good keyboard and dig it thank you thank you sir mm-hmm. click, click. and then uh the password is and then we've got some notes and and it looks really intimidating because it's all the notes for all of our shows ever but we're not going to do you know 75 pages of and now in central yarn and we talk about amnesia the dark <laughs> yeah. we, we, can, we can book a week off it's fine yeah yeah <laughs> when, when i listened to your latest show i noticed that uh um the party was sort of quite quite flummoxed at first, and you were like, "No, it is everything that we've done." Yeah, <laughs> the, the, uh, I like the idea of, of of 
fooling him into thinking like we got you now yeah. as if he's somehow contractually obligated and couldn't just like hang up like can you read our show notes and we'll publish it as a sonorous audiobook <laughs> with your beautiful voice and we all pray that we will have far more soon 